Welcome to the Dub Web Fest show. I'm Sebastian Stevenson. Today, I'm joined by Dermot O'Brien, director and writer for Paddy Angry Man. Dermot joins us by Skype and tells us what Paddy Angry Man is. A web series about a sort of Irish WikiLeaks, a civil servant living in Dublin who's had enough, you know, he's a low-level civil servant, he doesn't want to lose his job, so he anonymously leaks Irish secrets on the internet under a fake name. And where did the idea come about for making Paddy Angerman? There was a few Irish bloggers and figures like that a few years ago. There was a few of them. There was a fella called Twenty Major and a fella, there was a fella I know called Fintan Toolbox and all these kind of, they all have the, uh, a few people who would be just politically bloggy about Ireland. But there was a lot of rumours as to who, people didn't know who Twenty Major was and there was all these assumptions that he was a civil servant somewhere or that he was working for the Department of Agriculture or that he had some insider thing and all this and I've no idea myself. When I was a teenager, my main thing is I thought I'd love to grow up to be Fan O'Brien because he was an Irish writer who was a civil servant in the 40s and 50s while was at the same time writing a comedy column for the Irish Times as Miles Nagopoline under a fake name. And eventually had to, everyone kind of in Dublin unofficially knew who he was. So it was no real secret, but a civil servant can't be making political statements or criticizing the government or whatever so he had to take early retirement because basically he was being too critical of the government he was he wasn't shy you know he was good okay so was it, it was, in a way it was kind of something you've always been kind of interested in is a way a sort of a, a whistleblower yes spreading uh, the word is that something you've always been interested in well years ago i wrote a script about an irish spy service and it was all based on an article i saw in the newspaper that the irish government had allotted something like eighty thousand to the irish secret service in the you know the annual accounts there was a little thing saying irish secret service something like eighty thousand, and it turned out they gave forty thousand back so i imagine they were so good at their jobs and it was just one guy that he just didn't need it. He didn't need gadgets or funding or computers or anything. He was just kind of solving things by himself using common sense. So I, I wrote this whole thing. And of course, again, because I liked Flann O'Brien, he was based on Flann O'Brien, basically. He was, a flat, he was a small fellow with a big coat and a hat, just drinking in pubs, being kind of cranky and doing all these things. And then I, uh, then what happened is, you know, I forgot about it for years. I, it was a script I had in development years ago and it didn't go anywhere. And uh, like it won a prize or two, but that was about it. And it. But it didn't go anywhere, so I forgot about it. And then... In last years, I wanted to make a web series and I looked at and I was trying to think what would be sort of, you know, and of course, we're going through the recession and all this. So I really wanted to write something about Internet activism and also kind of the negative things like that. Main character in Paddy Mangroman is probably a lot of the worst aspects of Internet activism. He's kind of in it for publicity for himself. He's quite intolerant, you know, right wing in his own way, even though he's meant to be sort of like a rebel kind of socialist figure. He's he's very easily swayed. So I wanted to do that. I suppose there's a lot of bad kind of, I suppose, Irish political culture to say. I mean, you've even kind of touched on it there that there's he's kind of right wing, but he's sort of considered a left winger because he's doing kind of whistleblowing. And there's kind of a lot of is is quite satirical in terms of its content, in terms of making fun of the Minister for Communication and obviously the, the culture around pensions and civil service and mm. that kind of thing. So was there, I guess there was also kind of like how would, in a way, I suppose, bringing a kind of Irish context to whistleblowing or digital whistleblowing, to, to yeah. use that kind uh, of term. I'd worked on one or two Irish satirical shows on television for the last few years. A big problem with that is... Um, Nothing really feels like, okay, well, the economy went through a bust and is kind of recovering now and all this. Uh, well, in Dublin, anyway, nothing really changes in terms of the actual people in charge. Kind of the same. There's been these two parties taking turns since the Civil War and none of the other parties are very, they aren't very convincing. They don't seem to really be any different. It, it, kind of when you meet the, 
you know, if you ever encounter any of the people from the different parties, even the, let's say, more radical ones, they all are basically the same type of person, kind of politicians and stuff. So I was very disillusioned with all that. But at the same time, knowing that the, I kind of wanted to give everything a fair shake. So let's say Fidelma, which is, sorry, the Minister for Communications of the Two's called Fidelma, um, not officially named after anyone but there is a minister for there is an Irish figure called Fidelma who has some stupid things to say about internet well like she's not a bad person anyway and she's actually like in terms of like she's actually quite friendly and down to earth and everything she just has this kind of stuff and the other reason too why when I brought in for let's say a kind of a partner in crime for Angry Man I wanted him to I wanted to kind of take like people's stereotypical imagery of giving out about people in Ireland who are very well connected or like, for instance, the person who he has to share an office with has inherited her job from nepotism. She's quite shallow and she just wants to have a cushy job and to just fall backwards and do as little as possible. So she's kind of represents and every and she's quite materialistic and stuff. So technically, that's everything he should be against. But it turns out she's actually a far nicer person and a lot more courageous and moral than he is. So I kind of I was trying to make it not as black and white because I thought that would get very like I don't know if it entirely succeeded but I didn't want it to be a straightforward just like smoke left wing attack or... on the Irish government I wanted it to be kind of deeper which was what I set out to do I, it the, was possibly why it was maybe a very complicated type of thing to try to do in four minute episodes I, I, uh, I learned a lot about let's say try, very compressed writing from <laughs> trying to do that and I wanted to set up um, you know of course I'd be a big fan of American writing American TV show writing in particular and stuff and wanting how they do things like that and in Ireland you don't get an opportunity to work in a writer's room. Even the shows that have writers on them, the writers rarely meet in the same room because they, you know, because they'd have to be paid by that. So <laughs> we, do, that doesn't happen. So we, things end up being very scattershot. Or you'll see, like you might see the five writers' names after a TV show, let's say an RT TV show, but you know they're never going to meet in a room. You know, like Arctic, and you don't know. Uh, what other function those writers have on the show as well you know they could be other things so it's kind of there's no discipline here there's no kind of infrastructure to comedy writing which is an awful pity apart from the people who've been at it just you know apart from single writers who've been at it for a long time and have have learned it that way but in terms of so let's I wanted to try a writing room thing so I know a lot of stand-ups and comedians and writers in Dublin and I tried to gather a few of them into a room and we we this is what we kind of managed to do so at the end you see I have a lot of like addition I kind of credit the additional material because there's a lot of other people contributing on the day a lot of other and also a lot of the actors in it it wasn't really an improvised show but there'd be moments where something funny would come up and so I'd always put a additional credit at the end and stuff because I think writing in Ireland especially comedy writing in Irish television is very disregarded I kind of I say before that if it's if it looks like the English thing you're trying to copy, if you're, let's say if there's a guy in a desk and they think that's all you need, they don't realize there's like a team of 20 writers behind, you know, actually providing content for that show. Something like Harry Hill or something would have that sort of stuff. While here, they think you just need the guy in the desk. And it's quite insane how they don't seem to have copped to that after all these years, you know. So, yeah. Well, why, yeah. Do, you think, why do you think that is, uh, that there's such a a lack of seriousness taken when it comes to comedy writing is it just something that for instance we can all be i suppose there's the notion that irish people have a slight kind of wit to them do you think in some yeah. ways I, I, yeah there um because that's the thing because we we do like to think we're very funny and a lot of us are and, and that is the thing but i think no matter how much funny this is kind of adhered to a society television funny is very different you know because it's it, you know it's it's um writing something to be funny rather than yeah, kind of something it, that's happened well, in the moment there's also like um how do i put it like some some irish tv shows uh, one or two i've worked on there's a kind of a thing where there's the audience in the room and then there's the audience at home and 
the audience in the room have probably been given some drink because it's an RT audience. They've probably had a, <laughs> you know, they're out for a night, they're having a good time, whatever. So what happens is the performers tend to treat the audience in front of them of, which are often, let's say, 100 to 200 teenagers from UCD or something who are busting. They are trying to play to them uh, and the people at home might be, are then kind of, you know, the laughter is coming from the audience in front of them while the people at home are going, what is this? You know, the, you know, the, the people at home aren't in on the joke. They're not, you know, they're, they're not sharing that infectious room. They're kind of left cold. So I, uh, I, I find that as a, I think as well, like the whole thing about banter and crack and how great we are. I think it, I think that works really well in person and spontaneity. And let's say if in the context of, let's say, a very good chat show or, or let's say, like, I think the Hardy Bucks can do it, you know, they're, they're world class. But um, I think then when you have like the problem as well, like a load of Irish ads and a load of Irish comedy shows and kind of like you know terrible mobile phone ads and stuff they all kind of have this kind of winking banter crack business and it, it doesn't appeal to everyone but also kind of it does mean there's only really one tone you kind of get in Ireland in, in terms of comedy and if you try to deviate from that you know the kind of lads having the crack people aren't very interested and it, it, it's a hard one trying to try that I think as well if, if you if you're an anorak if you're into something like if you're into comedy or into sports in a certain way or into that you kind of you know you'll you become kind of boring in what you, you know, you'll be chasing the better high and the, 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 you know, you'll start pursuing odd comedians in America or in England or watching old obscure shows. And that's not what people, most people who just want to enjoy comedy are into, you know. So when I set out to write Angry Man, I actually did try to make it as, I thought I was trying to make it as appealing as possible, not just, I kind of wanted it to have stupid jokes and silly jokes and a few kind of like, uh, you know, like surreal, like, odd things happening as well as kind of political humor but it, it's a huge learning curve i think in, in ireland as well because there's no real money put into development it's kind of all or nothing if a show is if rt decide to put a few thousand towards making something they're going to show it <laughs> and they might show it in like a couple of weeks you might have like you know, people might be given a few weeks to make a show and it's kind of all for nothing rather than let's say have those people as apprenticeships on other shows working their way up and learning the ropes like you would have in in other countries and stuff and here it, it is it can be all or nothing so someone might be given a wonderful opportunity and then they might never again they would have been seen as failed there seems to be very little understanding of how let's say england and america develop their writers and invest in them and uh it's a pity <laughs> sorry yeah. A thing in Ireland as well about, let's say, web series like this, and most of the people I know who have made web series are, like, I know some of the Hardy Bucks lads, and I know I, I, I know a few other people who just do comedy sketches they put on the internet and stuff that uh, it's normally, in Ireland, it tends to be a writer performer, like a stand-up or a writer-performer tends to make the show, you know, starring themselves, and it can go well. But And also I've noticed that, let's say, when RT decide to do hire someone to write something, they do tend to only really use performers or stand-ups. They don't... A person who just writes, they I, I, they don't really have any way of getting on Orty's radar, so they don't so they don't get hired, you know, because we don't really, again, we don't really have the infrastructure of hiring comedy writers. So the web series as well was also for me to try to showcase my writing because it's very hard to get people in Dublin to read scripts. So if a web series is made, then that or you know if, if your writing is somehow already produced, you have a better chance of of getting someone to look at it and maybe consider you for a job. So um, that was the other thing. I wouldn't do it exactly the same way again. I probably wouldn't make as many episodes and I wouldn't make them as 
let's say, plot heavy. I was trying to make these very clockwork plots that I think are fine if you have the resources to do them. But if, but again, Irish, especially Irish internet audiences tend to like quite natural stuff. Where like, it kind of, the less effort it appears you've put in, even if you put in lots of effort, I feel Irish audiences respond more to that. If they just see, let's say, lads having the crack, they, they'll think that that's, the more natural and real it feels, I think the more Irish audience respond to that. So if you kind of, if they see that you've like had locations and production, you've done all the stuff with graphics and sound and stuff, they kind of feel like you've tried too hard or something. So it's a, it's, a, I, I think I'll, uh, if I was, if I was doing it again, I would have, uh, I'd make it a bit more, uh, a, a bit more off the cuff, maybe, and maybe a bit messier, which I know sounds kind of, <laughs> but just if you know, if I was, also it would have been maybe a bit easier to get done but that's again what was great is it was learning curve because uh you know i could be waiting another you know i could be writing sending scripts off for another 10 years in ireland before getting an opportunity to make something like this so it's handy that we got things together i was able to borrow equipment and we our lights are kind of homemade kind of farm lights on sticks we're kind of everything like that so we but i still wanted the kind of a base production level so kind of um you know that you know so that we tried to make sure all the audio was good that we that it was lit more or less properly and everything, just so that it would kind of people felt that it was, uh, that we, you know, just uh, it was done because we were all looking for jobs. So to kind of give a, yeah, so yeah. a portfolio piece. And what else are you yeah. working on at the minute? As a sort of day job lately, I've become a sort of video editor um, for school book publishers and like that. Because I, I think as well as even if you got going writing comedy in Ireland, you would still need a job <laughs> because. <laughs> Uh, let's say I'm a writer also on the show Irish Pictorial Weekly. I would contribute to that every year. But again, that's maybe four weeks a year and you're paid per joke broadcast. So that doesn't really add up to much. Mm. So you kind of have to. Um, so you could write because it's, because there's a lot of people contribute to that show. You could write, let's say, 40 jokes and, or spend like a lot of your free time doing it. And But if only one's broadcast, you're only paid for that one joke. So it's uh, it's an odd thing to be pursuing there. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm i also writing odd things. I actually have a job on an award show this week, which uh, I I've never really done before, but uh, I, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm writing award show banter gags for that. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what happened is I, I, I kind of got the job by right, sending all like I, I knew the host from before because I'd worked in television before, and I sent her off a list of the, uh, I sent her off a list of uh, jokes that I thought were too mean or kind of too far. I kind of based them on the way. Uh, let's say Tina Fey and Amy Poehler would present an award and uh, thought they wouldn't go down in Ireland but it turned out the producers actually liked them so I was very surprised so I don't know how well it'll go down in the room or anything but that's that's happening in a few days so yeah Dermot O'Brien director and writer for Paddy Angry Man thank you for joining us on this edition of the Dub Web Fest show follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes for the latest episodes as they come out keep up with the festival on Facebook and Twitter and the web series scene around the world search for Dub Web Fest check out dublinwebfest.com to find out more information about the festival happening this November. Next week, our guest is the producer of Burning Wishes. See you next week.